You are listening to the Salty Catholic Podcast. I am your host, Enes Casto. I'm salty not just because Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, but also because I'm salty in the sense that I'm watching this culture shift towards this progressive ideology, and it's becoming more anti-Christian by the day. It has been slowly destroying our Christian value. So I'm here to add a little bit of flavor. All right, let's begin. There are many versions of the Bible out there, in different languages, variations in translation. Some are just so bad that the translation errors in them end up changing the meaning behind a verse and have some horrible theological implications. But today I want to talk about the absolute worst version of the Bible. It's the one that I make up in my mind. It's the version of the Bible that says whatever I want it to say. The gospel according to me. If you've been listening to the past few episodes, then you'll notice I've been going after a specific group of Christians, and I'm trying to break down what they believe and how they think and uh, how to best defend against their flawed theology. Uh, Most importantly, how to fight back so that hopefully we can win some of them back and bring them back to the true, authentic, biblical Christianity. Not this watered-down, PC, hippie, rainbows and butterflies type of Christianity, right? Now, this modern progressive version of Christianity has become so self-centered. You know, you'll have people who read their version of the Bible. They speak to Scripture instead of letting Scripture speak to them. They dictate what parts of Scripture are good and true and what parts are false and bad. They take verses out of context to fit their narrative and worldview and completely ignore the ones that contradict their preferred theological perspective. This isn't something new, though. Uh, it's, I mean, it's human nature to be selfish and worry about yourself. Uh, I mean, we're all fallen creatures, after all. But the more we trust in God, the more we give ourselves to Christ, the less it becomes about me and what I want, and the more it becomes about Him. Now, the Bible is full of examples of people who um, are ignorant of Scripture, and they're preaching this kind of self-centered theology, this, this version of theology that makes sense to them and how they want to think, to try to make sense of the world when... Well, sometimes it doesn't make sense to them. Uh, In the last episode, I talked about the Sadducees and how they misunderstood what the resurrection really meant and how Jesus kind of just checked them into the SmackDown Hotel. And if you haven't heard it, I highly encourage you to go back and listen. As I was saying, it's human nature to be a little bit selfish. We all have this tendency to be self-centered. It's by nature. And I think, you know, everybody thinks from... My perspective, I pursue my agenda. I like to do what I want, when I want, and the way I want to do it, and the way it pleases me, which is cool. God gave us free will. We can use it however we want. The problem is there's one thing I cannot do on my own. I cannot enter heaven. So then all of a sudden, it doesn't become about me because there's absolutely nothing that I can do to obtain my salvation. Salvation only comes through Christ and through Christ alone and through his church period. My feelings, my emotions, my opinions, those things don't add or take away anything from that fact. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Yet there are so many Christians, mainly those who kind of ascribe to this like mainstream progressive Christianity, uh, who often preach the false gospel that appeals to this self-centered, individualistic human nature. This false gospel elevates the person above what's appropriate And it fails to emphasize or even mention repentance. A gospel without repentance is no gospel at all. I mean, don't take my word for it. Take the main man's word for it. In Luke 13, uh, Jesus says, And I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. 
this is not a hyperbole. This is a warning. If we don't repent, if we don't express the sincere sorrow, if we don't turn away from sin, then we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Christ has made that clear all throughout the gospel. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, there were some church teachings that I used to not like and I just didn't agree with. Um, And there were even some things in the Bible that I just didn't agree with. Uh, This was, I think, just because I didn't understand it fully. And I believe it mainly had to do with my own personal feelings. And they kind of made me uncomfortable, so I kind of just brushed them off. Uh, One example I can give you uh, is when I was in my mid-20s, I truly, truly, I didn't think that there was a need to go to a priest for confession. I mean, I still went uh, whenever I could, but just I felt like this was not necessary. This is something we didn't have to do. It wasn't honestly until I heard a lecture by Father John Ricardo about confession, and it really opened my eyes and made me realize why it's so important for me to go to a priest for confession. It forced me to put my feelings aside and just look at the truth objectively. And there still may be some church teachings that I don't necessarily agree with, but I still do obey them because at the end of the day, this is not my world. It's not about me. I didn't create life. I didn't create the rules. I'm just some schmuck who's just trying to do God's will. It doesn't matter if I don't like them. Maybe someday I'll come to better knowledge, uh, to greater knowledge, and overcome these objections. But until then, I have to put my trust in the Lord because he knows what he's doing. It's not my world again. Now, in the past, I've talked about how and why the church and Christianity in general may have some quote-unquote rules that everybody has to follow. And I kind of explained how in order for us to be the best version of ourselves, the best version of who God created us, we must be obedient to his word, to the gospel, to the church. The way we feel about things, totally irrelevant. Now, the problem with this gospel according to me is that I can determine on my own what reality is based on how I feel. In fact, the way I feel is more important than reality to me. It's more important to me than anything else, up to and including science. Uh, this is the danger of this like progressive uh, version of Christianity, this self-centered uh, Christianity. I'm going to give you a few examples of what I'm talking about. A few years ago, there was a lady by the name of Rachel Dolezal. Maybe that name rings a bell. If not, uh, for those who don't know, she was a white woman who said she was transracial and she identified as black. She put that in her job applications. She put that in everything. (laughs) And then on the opposite end, there was a 16-year-old black girl with two black parents. She went on Dr. Phil and she proclaimed that she sees herself as white. So she identified as a white person. (laughs) It gets even better. There's a Dutch guy who sued the government because they didn't allow him to legally change his age from 68 to 48. Apparently, he was uh, trying to join this dating uh, website who didn't allow anybody over 50. So he wanted to to legally change his age, and he went to the court and fought. I'm not sure if he won or not, but it's just an interesting story. There's also a Norwegian woman. Well, she wanted to identify as a dog ever since she was younger. But then she saw a horse and she fell in love with horses. So she ended up identifying as a horse. She even started galloping and everything. I'm ser- Guys, I'm serious. Look these stories up on the internet if you don't believe me. These are crazy. Um, and of course, there is the whole LGBTQ2A plus dollar sign. I don't know. There's so many letters and signs. Just for short, I'm going to say LGBT. So we know what we're talking about. So we have this LGBT movement that puts feelings over reality. I, a man, born as a man, feel like I am a woman. And just by saying so, 
I am now a woman and I have to kind of impose that on other people. And it just became this movement. I mean, Bruce Jenner, an Olympic athlete, became Caitlyn Jenner in 2015. And what did the world do? He, she, whatever, won the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. It was this SP award from ESPN. And was also on the cover of Glamour magazine as the Women of the Year. A man was the Women of the Year. <sighs> I'll tell you, this is all due to Christians being too squishy and too scared to sound offensive when confronting these issues. We let generation after generation repeat this crap like, oh, just listen to your heart. You know, you can't help who you are and who you love and, and just do whatever makes you happy, right? Uh, you know, you were born this way. We stood idle, not correcting any of this. And the culture started feeding our children this falsehood and it eventually made its way to the church. There are many Christians like um, Pastor Rob Bell, who I think I've talked about in the past, who, who talk about this kind of stuff and promote this stuff. And we even have Catholic priests like that liberal darling, Father James Martin, um, who also promote this kind of ideology. But let's take a step back. Let's take a look at what Scripture says about our feelings. And just as a side note, often Scripture will talk about one's heart, which is to say our emotional core, our, you know, our feelings. So just keep that in mind when you read the Scripture and it's talking about our heart. So the first verse I'm going to read is Jeremiah 17. This is verse 9. And it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Our hearts are misguided. We may have good intentions, but as the old saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And Jesus elaborates on the man's heart as well. In Mark chapter 7, this is verses 21 through 23, uh, he was discussing whether evil can come from, you know, it's a, is it external or is it internal? Does it come from within? And he said, what comes out of the man is what defiles a man. From within, out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, hard word to say, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a man. Well, dang, that pretty much covers every evil in this world, and it all comes out of the heart. It all comes out of the human heart. The important thing is that Jesus is telling us not to trust our own hearts, but place our trust in Him. The Word of God in flesh, that's who we should trust. We need to give Him our heart and trust Him with it. Like St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. This is the Christian attitude. This should be the Christian attitude. Not this self-glorification thing that the culture seems to think is the right way to live. The culture we live in now puts me at number one and completely disregards all other, especially God. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. Why can't I be free to do what I want? You know, love who I want. Hey, hey, look, as long as nobody's getting hurt, why does it matter what these two people are doing behind closed doors? Or why does it matter if I like to go out and get drunk and get high? And so what if I sleep around with a few people and before I finally settle down, you know? Why shouldn't I have the choice to get an abortion? You know, it's my body, my choice. It's the way you're talking. You know the way you're talking to me? It's, it's very offensive to me. I'm getting offended. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to virtue signal you uh, to make me feel better. It makes me feel like I accomplished something. Ugh, this 
progressive Christian way of thinking. It's, I mean, the way they talk, the phrases that they use, you, you can't even tell them apart from atheists these days. They inject their own personal feelings into Scripture to try to make sense of things to the point that they can't. So they just make up an explanation that contradicts Scripture and even the nature of God. I was talking to a dear friend of mine, and I love this person. I will always have a soft spot for her. And you know who you are. You're listening to this, so shout out to you. But we were chatting once, and she was expressing a genuine concern on how it doesn't make sense that people from other religions are destined to hell, especially if they were raised in that culture, and they don't really have much of a choice. And uh, she said that, you know, Jesus seems too kind, too empathetic, too compassionate to allow any of his children to be sent to hell. I don't believe he'll punish them forever. I mean, hell isn't a just punishment. If I live to only be 27 years old, is eternity really appropriate? Well, I'm going to be talking about hell specifically in an, in one of the upcoming episodes. But I bring this up because during our conversation, she kept saying things like, it seems to me, or I believe, or it doesn't make sense to me. This is why, my dear friend, and all other listeners, all 10 of you, this is the reason why the Bible is so misunderstood. We want life to operate on our terms. We want, we want scripture to make sense to me the way I live and the way I see life. People will often go from one person to another, from one priest to another, until they find that one person, that one priest who may agree with their worldview just to be like, see, Father so-and-so agrees with me, so it must be right. Look, I got some news for you, kiddos. Priests are not infallible. I know this may come as a shock. Sometimes when we go and ask from one person to another, it's just because we want to hear what we want to hear. We're not allowing God to speak to us. We're letting other humans speak to us, to our, you know, to our emotions. We try so hard to fit God into our world instead of trying to fit in God's world. We try to tell Bible what to say instead of just allowing the Bible, the Word of God, to speak to us. We need to let this go. We need to let this habit go. Life is not about you. Life is not about me. So to close this off, I just want to say that we should have the humility to take a step back, listen to what Scripture says, and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in understanding the Scripture. After all, this is why Christ gave us the church, so that we could understand Scripture and be patient for crying out loud. Nothing annoys me more than when someone asks me like a complex question like, why does evil exist? Why do bad things happen? And I'll just say, look, I can't answer this to you in a text message. But here, let me recommend you this book. Uh, hopefully you can read it and go through it, right? There are plenty of books out there. One of my favorite books is The Problem of Evil by Jimmy Aiken. You can get that online. Great book. But I'll recommend this book and they'll be like, well, never mind. And just carry on with their life. I mean, you asked me the question and I'm pointing you to the source. Just stop being lazy with your intellect. The answers are there. We just have to put our self-interest and our feelings aside and allow God to speak to us and tell us what truth is. Even if it sucks to hear, even if it means being uncomfortable, we have to get out of our comfort zone once in a while in order to hear the truth. And not just hear the truth, but apply the truth in our life. We need to pick up the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and we need to burn the copy of the gospel according to me. Now that brings me to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for those who tune in and listen. As always, all I ask is for you to keep me in your prayers as I keep you in mine. And I pray that the Lord cleans our heart, opens our mind, and allows us to keep more focus on Him and less focus on us. As John the Baptist says in the Gospel of John, He must increase, but I must decrease. God bless you, and be salty.